welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where we break down a movie each week, something, something, whatever Hendo says every week. But unfortunately, or fortunately, we're not actually going to do that this week, are we, Hendo? No, we're not. And thank you for that fantastic, um, I guess, mimic, you could say, somewhat half-assed. It was very half-assed. <laughs> it was less than half-assed. It was quarter-assed. I was going to say that. You beat me to it. Nothing unusual there. <laughs> um, I'm Dean Jeffrey, and yeah, I haven't prepared any quip. Have you got anything this week? Yeah, I'm Dean Jeffrey, and uh, I've got nothing to say either. Yay! <laughs> nah, um, so what we're doing today, a bit of a bonus episode, because we're skipping a week for the uh, breakdown analysis of a movie from the IMDb Top 250. We're going to draft 10 movies each of what our best movies are, our favourite movies that aren't actually on the list. So, a lot of our favourite movies are. It's a fantastic list, obviously, which is why we spend so many hours talking about it, but... We wanted just to take a moment to talk about the greatest movies that aren't on this list. Yeah, so hopefully we have a different list here between each other. We might cross paths. Yep, Dean's blocking his list here like I'm cheating, but it should be a fun podcast, this one. Okay, so how we're going to do it is the same as every other time. We're going to go back and forth, uh, going from one movie from the first person to two for the next, back and forth until we get down to ten each. All right, and since I went first on the last episode... Dean gets to go first for this one. So, Dean, why don't you kick this off and give us your number one draft pick for movies that should be in the top 250. Okay, my number one draft pick is a movie I saw... uh, I saw it at the cinemas. Okay. Back in the day. And when I saw it, I was so excited because what I had just sawn was one of the greatest... Sawn? Is that a wink-wink? It is a (laughs) wink-wink. Um, no, nah, I'm obviously talking about the movie Saw. Okay. So, I did see this at the cinemas back when it first came out, and I was blown away by what this movie did, what it accomplished, how original it was, and the impression it left me as I was walking out of the cinema was just one of the most unique feelings I've had walking out of a theatre. And I feel like, unfortunately... The million sequels that came after it have really tarnished what is a great, great movie in the first Saw. And each movie that came, like, I think I've seen them all. There's so many I've lost track, but I just love this movie so much. And it's a funny film because it's not like, it's not like the acting is on point or anything. Like, it's... It's there, but the story, the craft, how it's directed is so tight. I was just, yeah, I was blown away by it. And honestly, I was surprised it wasn't on the top 250. So, I just know this is a film that hopefully I'm not alone in my thoughts with it because I do love it and I hope you guys out there love it too. Yeah, I'll mirror your opinion there. I do love this film as well. Like, this probably could have been one of my picks along the way here had you not taken this. What do you think about it being my number one pick off the board? Uh, I'm a little uh, shocked. Really? I feel like you've gone with this one because you knew that it might be one of mine coming up, yet there's a couple that you would probably would have picked first that I wasn't going to pick. So, you think it's a more of a strategic pick? It's 50-50. Like, you probably would have picked it as, uh, during your draft as well, but you've gone with this one first, uh, strategically. Fair enough. Okay. So, I've got two here for this one. Now, do I go with your strategy and pick movies that I think you could take later on down the line? No, I'm not going to be a prick. I'm going to go with... the first for everything. (laughs) All right. My first pick for this draft is going to be... It's a... How can you say it? I guess it's a... It's a revival movie. A revival movie. 
It's a movie that is very long in a franchise of films that basically gave it a reject, gave it a start up again. Got the got the defibrillators out, gave it a pump, and it's back up to where it should be. That's a, one of the best movies around, I think, and that one is Casino Royale. Yeah. It is, you know, the 2006 James Bond film starring Daniel Craig. Now, I've said on a couple of podcasts every once in a while that I am a James Bond nut. I remember they came on TV one time when I was like 13. They had one every week. So, I was like, okay, I'll start watching these. And I watched them and I watched them. And then all of a sudden, I went out and bought the whole set. I think it was probably maybe uh, 19 of them at that time. Maybe a little bit less. Uh, about, yeah, about that. Got them on a big video box set a huge brick it was wow the yep. videos yeah and uh, I watched them over and over I was watching you know the making of documentaries I had at the end of it everything I was re-watching them I knew everything there was to know about Bond and this film came along and it was it was just sensational I went and saw it at the cinema probably three or four times really yeah it was, I loved it I loved it the bits I still love it it's really high up there it's actually my highest non top 250 film in my all time greatest films list so Basically, that mirror is why I pick it first, because it is such a fantastic film. Mads Mikkelsen is just so good as a Bond villain in this film. Mm. Daniel Craig, he brings it as well. He's he's a perfect choice for Bond at this time when he came in. Fantastic film. The poker scenes, back then when I was when I was heavy into poker, loved them, even though they're outrageous. It was so fun to see poker on, on the big screen again. Mm. And yeah, it's just a genuinely fantastic film. Action scenes are, you know, a practical... They're unbelievable what they were doing at that time with all the the parkour free jumping, the oh the, the the big car flip they had, which was the record at the time, the thirteen flips or something in the car. Everything in this film was outstanding, and that's why that's my first pick. Very good. No, it is a, it is a great pick, and if you hadn't have picked it, I would have picked it. Okay, so my number two film I'm going to be choosing is a foreign film. It is from the Asian cinema, and it's called Hero. Now, if anyone doesn't know what Hero is, it's a Jet Li film uh, in the Wushu-style filming of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Wushu? Wushu. That's the name of it, Dean. Get cultured. It? Look it up. Wushu. That's the style. don't need to be a dick about it. I'm just asking for some information. What is Wushu? Is, would you have chosen Hero? I bet there are people listening who have no idea, like my good self, what the fuck Wushu is. If you want a literal definition of what Wushu is... No, you... Che- he's cheating right now looking it up because he d- himself does not know what wushu is. Wushu is a style of martial arts. Did you know that? I did actually know that. I'd if thought- you knew that simple little tidbit, you would have said it instead of having to look it up. If you had listened to me instead of you talking over me, I said wushu is a style of... Oh, you cut me off. Anyway, back to the film. Yeah, this film is told in like a style of... Um, Rashomon, like with multiple multiple tellings of the same story uh, shown in through different perspectives of different people, it's and and the way it stands out is that it's it's color, it's cinematography, it's vibrancy. Every story that's told is told in a different color, I guess, mm. and it's the deep focus of each of those stories, and it stands out like Jet Li. I mean, obviously, the acting in this is it's an it's an Asian martial arts film. So what's, what's that meant to me? It's not the standard of the film. The standard what do you of the think film. Asians can't act. Can I talk? I mean, if you've got something worth saying, yes. The thing that stands out with this film is its luscious cinematography. It's fantastic martial arts. And in the end, it's amazing storytelling as well. I think this is an absolutely fantastic film. It actually used to be in the top 250, but it got bowed out after a little while. But still, absolutely phenomenal film. One that everyone should check out. So, that's my number two pick for this draft. Yep. Dean, your next two. My next two, I'm going to start with um, a pseudo-foreign film. All right, it's not pseudo-foreign. It's an American film. But it is set in another country. A Japanese country, you could say. And I will say it. It's set in a Japanese country. 
called Japan, as it were, and it's The Last Samurai. Okay. Okay. Again, this is a film I saw uh, when it came out at the cinemas, and again, I was blown away by it. I think this is probably maybe Tom Cruise's best film. Um, Ken Watanabe is so good in this film as well. I feel like this was probably the film that sort of broke him into um, US films. And again, like Hero, the cinematography is so gorgeous in this film. Something about Japan and old style. you got the cherry blossoms, the the villages that are so... They're just so self-sufficient. All Everyone walks around. They know what is required. The action scenes are fantastic. All the scenes with the US versus uh, the Japanese samurai, obviously. It's all really powerful stuff. And it's not a black and white story where... You know, it's good versus evil or anything like that. It's a deep, deep tale that really looks into, you know, who, who really is the enemy? Like, who are these savages? And what what we get from the end of it is really touching. And I just, I love the way this film looks as well. Awesome. All right, my third pick for the draft is a movie I did not see when it first came out because it was rated R and I was probably a little boy at the time. So, American Psycho. American Psycho is... Oh, it's so underrated. It was so controversial, I believe, at the time for its graphic violence and graphic, you know, brutality against women. I mean, not just women, but the violence in it is something something else. And I understand why there's controversy around that. But when you get over that, and it's not as bad watching it now compared to obviously when it came out. Um, we've all seen worse since then. But watching it now, it is... It is thrilling. Watching the precision, like Christian Bale, this is probably his best performance I've ever seen. He's just, the way he encapsulates this this psychotic character, this absolute anal pedantic, oh, like this, even, I'm just thinking about the scene with the business cards where you can just see where they're sitting around a table, you got all these businessmen and they're comparing business cards and he just, his face just drops when he realises one of his colleagues has a slightly better business card than him and stuff like that. It's just, it shows a side of the world, the elite business world that you just don't see elsewhere and it's just, it's so original. There's really no other film like it and it's so funny as well. Like, just thinking about the Phil Collins that plays in certain key scenes, it's just hilarious. There's also a great scene, obviously, with Huey Lewis and the News, which is just iconic at this point. And, yeah, it's a movie that I just love and I feel like it doesn't get its uh, due diligence because of its graphic content. No, okay, fair enough. That probably would have come up on my draft at some point uh, for American Psycho. Last Samurai, I figured figured that was going to be your first pick, actually. So, all right, fair enough. Two really good films there. Okay, my third film that I'm choosing is a black and white film, but it's not the kind of black and white film you're thinking of. It's from the early 90s. It is a very, very, it's basically the definition of indie film. It cost, I believe, it was something like $32,000. All the money was um, got from selling videos and comic books and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking, of course, about Kevin Smith's Clerks. Clerks is just a a fantastic film. I could I could rewatch this so so many times. Just the the funny banter. I mean, all it's there's nothing spectacular in terms of special effects and action and all that. It is literally just the camera and the characters talking. Very simple story, but it's the it's the script, it's the humor, it's the chemistry of all these characters. Dante and Randall, these two guys. It is 
such a fantastic film. No wonder Kevin Smith got blown up from this and he and his journey Is he okay? <laughs> Calm down, it no, wasn't that funny. I, I, that was a genuine laugh. No, and to hear his story about how this happened and how he got into Sundance and the transition from indie filmmaker to basically Hollywood director when he went up into Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and Morats. He's not a big Hollywood director by that point. He's still he's he's gradually moving up, but by the time he gets to Dogma and, and Jay and Silent Bob, when he's like he's he's the big man at Miramax. What's the other one? Dog- Chasing Amy. Yeah, that's the one which I also love as well. But Clerks is the big standout of all his <clears> films, and it's my number three pick for this draft. Yeah, I'm not a huge Clerks fan, to be honest. I've seen it once, and it didn't grab me at the time. What's your, sh- what's your favourite Kevin Smith film? Like, out of the, the viewers universe he's got going there. Yeah, it'd be More Rats for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, now More Rats is probably be my fifth out of those ones there. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love Chasing Amy. Amy. I love Chasing Amy. Dogma is really good, too. And I, I find Jay and Silent Bob strike back really funny. Yeah. Uh, but More Rats, uh, it didn't really stick with me. Okay, yeah. Now, yeah. that's definitely the one I've seen more than any other. I think I've seen Dogma and Chasing Amy only once as well. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I've seen a few times. But no, nah, it'd, it'd be more rats for me. Cool, all right. Well, remind me not to offer you a chocolate-covered pretzel next time I see you. <laughs> all right, my number four film in the draft is going to be... I, I'm pretty sure it's a directional debut. It's from a director who's still very well-known now, who's making very strong films, who hasn't really made too many films, but every single one of them is really good. He actually made one last year that was highly regarded um, when it came out. I am talking about Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, nice. That's a funny film. Yes, it is. It's more than a funny film, mate. It's a smart, funny film. I mean, there these three people here, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, these three are all starting out here in the movie business. I guess they all work together on the TV show Spaced as well. This film, when I saw it at the cinema when it came out, it just slayed me. So hilarious. Every little smart, intelligent joke, the you know, the background jokes that are happening, the chemistry between Sean and Ed is hilarious. Just the general take on a comedic zombie film was so refreshing at that time. All the little tropes that zombie films had, they just knocked it out of the park with them. I mean, anyone, I, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't have seen this film if you like who's listening to this you should have seen Shaun of the dead if you're listening to this i mean it's a very well known highly regarded hilarious film definitely should be in the top 250 number four pick okay yeah no that's a um adequate pick from you there what do you think of Shaun of the dead uh i mean i really like it i don't love it like i get a lot of people love it i just feel like once it got more into the action stuff um, at the end, I felt it did get a bit generic. They didn't need a big standoff for me. Is it his best? Baby Driver's better. Okay. For me. All right. Yeah, like, I like I like Edgar Wright movies. I just feel like I, I don't love them. I get why people do. They're original. They're funny. They're, you know, they're, they're colourful. They're appealing. But, yeah, it's, uh, like, I've got nothing against them. It's just it's not my, my kind of, uh, you know, favourite. Fair enough, Dean. What is your number four pick for the draft? All right, my number four pick, I'm going to take... One of the greatest action comedies of all time. That is, of course, True Lies. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger in one of his finest roles. Obviously, Terminator 1 and 2 I do prefer, but they are in the list. True Lies, though, is a fantastic film. It is so easy to watch. I can put this film on any time and gladly sit through it. It is a joy to watch. Jamie Lee Curtis is good in it, but honestly, I think the standout is probably Bill Paxton. 
He is hilarious as the bumbling idiot pretending to be a CIA agent. I just think what they did there, it was so clever. It added a whole new twist and spin on this film. And the way, like, the way, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis's characters respond to it, I just think it's so amusing. James Cameron's direction is fantastic. And yeah, that's why it's my number four pick. Awesome. Can't fault that one. Okay, for my fifth pick, I'm going to take a movie that I've watched a huge number of times from the very first time I saw it. It's a sort of a pseudo, not quite documentary, pseudo biopic um, of Cameron Crowe, which is, of course, uh, almost famous. Yep. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't pick this earlier. I'm- I know you, and you're almost famous. Really? I yeah. didn't know. I actually didn't think you knew how much I love this film. No, I know. Um, I'm actually sorry. There is another film that I know you adore that you haven't said yet, and I'm I'm really tempted to, to pick it on my next round just to annoy the shit out of you. But go with Almost Famous and we'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, Almost Famous. For me, it's a five-star film. It is so funny. There is so much heart. This kid, the main character here, as he travels through from place to place with this totally dysfunctional band it's a real great sort of coming of age story for him i think kate hudson as penny lane is just i mean to say it's her best work i know is not much of a statement no offense kate hudson but she is perfect in this role perfect and the music like they do show songs at the concerts the music they play these original rock songs fantastic fever dog Give me that song any day of the week. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, Jason Lee is obviously lead singer and Billy Crudup is the lead guitarist. Like, it's it's a fantastic cast. The chemistry between everyone's great. And how can you go past that, that bus trip where they're singing Tiny, Tiny Dancer? Dancer? It is so great. Like, it makes me love that song. I will listen to that song at any point and love it, not because I think it's a fantastic song, which it probably is, but because it just makes me think of Almost Famous and I love this movie so much. It really is... It's very close to my heart, this movie. I just adore it. Now, fair enough. Good choice. Good choice. All right. My number five pick is going to be what I think is probably one of the most meta films I've ever seen in my life. Maybe it is the meta. Dean's shaking my head. I know Dean's what it is. His head. He we knows- talked about it last week. Yeah. It's, it's Charlie Kaufman's adaptation. I mean. Okay. We didn't talk about it last week. What do you think it was? I thought you were going to throw out Synecdoche, New York. No, no, I adaptation is better than Synecdoche New York. I mean, obviously, yeah. Synecdoche New York is garbage, but <laughs> adaptation, yeah. That that was uh that was on my list of possible picks cuz yeah. I, I love adaptation. Yeah, this is well. one of the most genius screenplays ever written. And you you go you said it last week about Charlie Kaufman how he, he dropped the ball with Synecdoche New York. Well said. <laughs> no, I disagree. I think Synecdoche New York Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, being John Malkovich. I mean, this these four films are sensational and all written by this man. And you get someone like Nicolas Cage and the stigma he has these days of just making all these shitty films. He's just doing it for a paycheck. Here, this is like one of his greatest roles ever. Like easily up there with Leaving Las Vegas. Probably one of it, like both of them are his top two here. Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper both do an amazing job in this film as well. The film is great in some ways and perfect in others. I found myself smiling at times at how smart this whole movie is and how someone could actually come up with something like this. It is insane. Mm. This like it is an amazing film. It's you gotta watch it a it's couple of times. It's just an amazing well. achievement. Like yeah. to have this idea is one thing to We won't spoil it obviously, but to have this idea and the way it works out, it's an amazing idea to but actually get it on paper and to have it made in a way that not only works but 
works brilliantly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I just, this could have been an absolute mess of a film, and it's not. It just nails what it's trying to nail, and yeah, I love it as well. I would say it's probably Nicolas Cage's best um, performance for me. Playing who? Playing Charlie or Donald? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Hello! Do you like having your podcast interrupted by promos? Probably not. So we'll keep this brief. My name is Chris. My name is Mike. And my name is Justin. And we just wanted to introduce ourselves. We're the Casual Cinecast. We're a weekly podcast that reviews current movies and TV, as well as the occasional dive into classic cinema with the Criterion Collection. We cover everything from Black Panther to Black Narcissus. From Solo to Sallow. From Love, Simon to Simon of the Desert. If that sounds good to you, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. You know, Or, or something, because we probably won't actually yeah. see you. But yeah, we don't see them when they listen. Right. Well, okay. Um, well, back to your podcast. Okay. My number six film is a film by a director who has a lot of fantastic films. And I can't pick his number one film because it's in the top 250. So, I'm going to go with my second favorite film of his and one that Dean's going to kick himself for not picking earlier because it's Magnolia. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine, is it? That actually was not the film I thought you were going to pick. Oh, Okay. There's another... F- I'll get to it on the next one. I thought you were going to pick something else. Okay, fair enough. But I genuinely thought you were going to pick Magnolia as your number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to go Magnolia and then Last Samurai. Yep. Okay. But this this film, Dean's going to just nod his head at everything I say here. This film is like mesmerizing, yeah. to say the least. It's another like, five-star yeah, film. Like- one of the greatest ensemble casts in terms of not only star power, but acting as well. Like, you say Last Samurai is Tom Cruise's best performance. I think this is his best performance. It. I think he got nominated for an Oscar for this. It's, this this movie just shows why he's such a superstar. But it's not just him. Everyone else is absolutely spectacular as their characters, like Julianne Moore, William H. Macy, John C. Riley as well. The fact that these stories are only loosely tied to each other at best, rather than have it all come together, makes it's it even Philip better. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, exactly. How did I not mention him in Almost Famous? My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this script is airtight, and it just feels fluent and lifelike. The score as well is... Beautiful yet haunting at the same time. The Do you know who did the score? Johnny Greenwood, is it? Is it? No, it's Amy Mann. Okay, well, she, you blab on about Johnny Greenwood. No, so. no, Amy Mann. She did every single song in this in this film, and like, oh, virtually. Are you? I know because um, Shane had the Magnolia soundtrack, and it's basically an Amy Mann album. It's, okay, it's fantastic. Yeah, like, it is. One, one. Come on. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know I'm agreeing you know with you. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, Wise Up? They yep. have this full montage of all the characters singing Wise Up through it. What? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And as well as the score as well, it's the editing. It's it's very precise. It, ne- it never focuses on one particular story for too long and never making any of them feel more important than the next. Lots of themes are filtered throughout this movie. There's love, there's sadness, regret, like abuse and loss. It's an incredibly strong film. Everyone needs to see if you haven't, because it is one of the best out there. That's my number six pick. Dean, what is your next pick? Okay, I better take this, because you scared me something like you wouldn't believe on the last thing. <laughs> and you're saying it's something that's you know I love. I actually thought you were going to pick something else. Okay. okay. There is a movie that is one of my all-time favorites that no one really ever talks about as being one of the greatest of all times. For me, it's such a personal movie. After I saw it, I remember exactly where I was. It's funny, like, this is one of those... I think this is one of the only movies I can think of where I saw it and I was fine in the movie. I walked out and I actually cried afterwards just thinking about it. 
It's from the director of The Graduate. Is that Mike Nichols? Oh, good get. I know my work. I know my okay, knowledge. What, what, what am I talking about then? Oh, see, I don't know that. Okay. The film is Closer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, no, Closer wasn't on my list. I, I didn't think it was, and that's why when you were saying, it's not on mine, but should I take it just to annoy you? I was like, oh, God, but I completely, I completely understand. I mean, I love Closer. I love Closer. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do you start with this film? Clive Owen. Like yours, only sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Have you ever seen a heart? Looks like a fist wrapped in blood. <laughs> it's it's just he's so brutal in this movie. He's so just cutting. He, the script is so good. I mean, the four leads are fantastic. Jude Law is great. Julia Roberts is just such a surprising performance from her. But for me, Natalie Portman is just. Like, you fall in love with Natalie Portman watching this film. She is one of my favourite actresses, and I think it's mainly just because she's so goddamn good in this movie. Yeah, I saw this at the cinema too when it first came out back Did in- you really? Back in uh, 2004, I believe. Yep. yep. Yeah, I went and saw that, and I was- Yeah, I was floored by it. I thought it was fantastic, and I loved it. And, I, and when it came out on DVD, went out and grabbed it immediately and watched it a couple more times. It's so oh, wow. good. I did not realise you liked it. I just said before- no, no, I no, it. I just, before the, like, I, you say you like it, but that's, you actually went out and bought it, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's something else, this movie. It is. That's um, a good pick. And Damien Rice, The Blower's Daughter. Oh, The Blower's Daughter, yeah. I remember listening, hearing that and I was like, yeah, yep, that, uh, that is an all-time great song. Um, I've listened to that so many times after this movie. Um, yeah, so I really love Closer. If you haven't seen it, because I reckon there's probably a large number of people who haven't, do yourself a favour, go and watch it. It's really, it's a really, uh... It's a clever and sharp film. Yeah, completely agree. All right, what's your next film, Dean? All right, for my seventh, I'm going to take the movie I actually thought you would have taken by now. It's an Australian film. Oh, I'm an an Aussie and I just stuff up the word Australian. It's an Australian film. It's called Animal Kingdom. I reckon there are tons of our listeners who have not seen Animal Kingdom. Very- You're missing out because it is a great film. It is. It's a a low-key- crime film that looks at it focuses on a quiet and shy i think he's about 17 year old kid like just just before you get into it like people who are famous in hollywood now you got like joel edgerton ben mendelson are in this before they they came over to america to get mm. to get started like and guy pierce as well as the, as the big lead in this film yeah yeah get out there and see it because it's not i don't think it's as well known out in the world as it is in Australia. Yeah, Jackie Weaver also got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her brutal and brilliant display in this film. They've actually made a US TV series out of it. Yeah. It's, like, honestly, it is so good. It's, again, it came from nowhere. It's just this small Aussie film, and it's it's powerful. You know, that that's that's probably my main takeaway from it. It is powerful. Some of the scenes in it, especially with Ben Mendelsohn, they're just chilling. Yeah. He is so scary in this film. And not in, like, a supervillain way, just... Not that supervillains are scary, but just in, like, that... Because he is so realistic. Because there are people like this, and these situations are very real for some people. And to see it so brilliantly portrayed, just... Yeah, I, I really, really love it. So, if you haven't seen it, which you probably haven't, please go out and watch it. Now, on to you. What's your next pick? All right. My pick is my number one film of 2013. It's very highly regarded. It's It has an all-star cast in Joaquin Phoenix and Amy Adams and Scarlett Johansson. I am talking, of course, about her. Yep, a fine pick. Yep, I think this is just such a powerhouse film of... 
performances. Joaquin Phoenix is like, this guy. He he is so good in everything he does, and this is no exception. He carries this whole film as this socially awkward mustache wearing greeting card designer who falls in love with his computer basically mm. and it's such a lovely story i like you don't expect that to to happen when you fall in love with a voice basically yeah you don't expect to to end up caring so much about about this computer as an actual character yeah and but it's it's brought home so good by Scarlett Johansson her voice performance in it just sells that story and i think she was actually a late inclusion. It was actually meant to be someone else. Yeah, well, it paid off well, didn't it? Because she is amazing in this film. And I think, yeah, it's highly regarded. It should be in the top 250 for sure. It's a cr- it's criminal that it's not, and it's my number seven pick. Okay, my number eight pick for the draft is a film that won Best Picture. It's, it's heavily debated along the way here. It's As to whether or not it should have won? No, well, yeah, I guess. Is it Shakespeare in Love? No, it's not that. Okay, you, you're going the wrong way there. It's the one that the one that apparently should have won. That's very 50-50 split down the middle. We've actually spoken about it before. I am talking, of course, about Moonlight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Moonlight is, it is very worthy of the best picture. It is a very progressive story. It is a loving story. And it's so well acted. Mahershala Ali in the supporting role is fantastic. Travante Rhodes is the huge standout for me, but everyone in this film is is just on their A game here. Some of the the actors who play the younger versions of Chiron, they're fantastic in this movie. It is it looks fantastic as well. Like the the cinematography and just the some of the the shots they've got here, they are very breathtaking along the way here. It is a very touching story. I definitely think it should be in the top two fifty along with La La Land, and that is my number eight pick. Dean, on to you to your number eight pick. All right, my number eight pick is something that does bounce around the bottom 250 a, a fair bit, but... It's out of the moment. It's it? not in there right now. What's the date today? It is the 5th of June. It is the 5th of June, and it is not in the top 250, and it is Dog Day Afternoon. So, I love Dog Day Afternoon. So, I, you're basically saying films that should be permanently in the top 250. Well, I feel like it's actually more not than than in, to be honest, at this point, but... It should be a permanent fixture. Give me a top 100 for Dog Day Afternoon. I love it. I think Al Pacino, it's a powerhouse performance. He's so he's so different to his other roles in this film. You compare him to Michael Corleone, who is such a like a quiet character, and this guy is so out there. He's so unusual and he's like he's an idiot. The way he's going about trying to achieve what he's trying to achieve, it's so dumb, but Watching him struggle with what he's what he's going for and fail again and again and again, it just it's it's a joy to watch. Honestly, it is one of the all time great iconic bank heist movies, and that is why it's my number eight pick. Yeah, okay, good choice. Yep, I, I really liked Old Day Afternoon too. What's your number nine, fella? My number nine is Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Okay, so I've gone something a bit more lighthearted here. One of the greatest comedies of all time. Uh, Jim Carrey is at his ultimate best. Jeff Daniels, so unexpectedly, is so hilarious in this movie as well. Again, this is another film I can watch at any time. It's easily the Farrelly Brothers' best film, and I I love it. I really love it. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think that's saying much, though, on the Farrelly Brothers' best films. I think it's the obvious standout of, the film, of their... Disc- something about Mary is very, very good. Oh, yeah. 
okay, fair enough. I, th- I was more leaning towards more stuck, stuck on, on you. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. <laughs> okay, on to the final stretch here, my final two films. My number nine film is a film I am definitely certain that Dean will not have anywhere near his list. It's the 2006 film Children of Men. Why would you think I... Because when I told you I saw this and I loved it, you're like, oh, I didn't like it. It was crap. Nah. Nah, you did. It's you said good, you didn't like it. It's a good movie. You said you didn't like it. I didn't, because I do like it. Well, you lied to me then. Because I've been, I I've been under the impression that. that you did not like this film for a very long time. No, no, no. Now, I where think, would I have got that impression? I think you Because you told me. Maybe you just mistook what I said, because some people consider it one of the greatest of all times, and I don't. But that doesn't mean I don't like it. You distinctly said, I don't like it. I did not. But you did. Clive Owen's in it. And? He's awesome. He's also in... The Croupier, which is awesome. Croupier. He's also in Inside Man, which is awesome. He's also in The Pink Panther. I legitimately... The Pink Panther, I laughed more in the cinema seeing that movie than any other movie ever. I was in hysterics the entire time. It he's was al- embarrassing. He's also in Killer Elite. Another great film. What he- Are you trying to name He's also films? in Valerian. I haven't seen that. I'm sure it's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, back to Children of Men. All right, so you're probably going to agree with me then now since you changed your mind. But this is a, a gripping, intense, and uh, like I mean, it's, a, it's, amazing it's hardly, film. It's hardly gripping. It is very gripping. It's one of those films that makes you understand... Why you watch so many average films to get to something like Does this? Does it though? <laughs> such a piece of shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the story of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, this this whole film, the way it's told, it's this is storytelling at its finest. It's. It's bleak, it's upsetting, it's drab and diminishing, but, nice. it's, but it's beautiful. It is such a fantastic film. You really need to check it out if you haven't. And if you didn't like it, you need to watch it again because you will like it apparently. Or you could just say you didn't like it and then change your mind because that's what the effect of this movie has on you. It'll make you change your mind without even seeing it again, as you've just witnessed right now. Witnessed? Yep. Can you witness audio? Yep. They have- <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's settled then. <laughs> Trust me. All right, on to my last pick for the draft. And we're going to go with the oldest film on my list. We're traveling back nearly like four, over 45 years for this one. We're going back to the very early 70s with a... Is it The Godfather? It's not The Godfather. I think Have that's on the Have you looked at the list before? <laughs> <laughs> nah, this, I, I honestly thought when I watched this film that it was actually on the top 250 list. And then I was shocked that it wasn't. It's a, it's a gritty crime film. I think Dean's just realised what it is. It's the Gene Hackman film, The French Connection. Yep. (laughs) I know you don't like this film. Don't tell me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it like two and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. I remember when I gave you... Yeah, actually, no, I don't like it. It's boring. And Gene Hackman is... Shut up, this is mine. Stop stop your poisoning of my (laughs) movie. (laughs) Yeah, for me, this was such a wild ride. Like, Gene Hackman... Plays this smarmy, tough but fair cop to a T. Like this film is shrouded in grit and vintage seventies. Like the old school police detective work was a delight to watch. It was a breath of fresh air. The action was real. It was raw. It's insane. Like that that car train chase is unreal. I 
like when I went back and looked at actually what happened and how it was basically it was legit. Like they were actually shooting it on the on the streets, and there was people's lives are actually in, fully in danger in this film. It is a staple of classic America cinema. It should be looked back on as such when you take a break from all the CGI-filled superhero films of this era. It is a very well-deserved Best Picture winner, in my opinion, and is my last pick on my draft. There is a reason it is not in the top 250. On to my last pick. Well, can you say that about every single film we've done today? There is no reason why this film would not be on the list. Thank you. You just you, you just drove my point home about French Connection. Last... There's no reason. Okay, my last pick is a movie from a director who wasn't big when this film came out, but has since become one of the most well-known and massive directors of our time. It is a frighteningly good movie, and I am speaking, of course, about Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Okay, cool. Yep, I like this film. Yeah, it is a good film. I feel like, again, it's a movie that not not enough people have seen it. It stars Michael J. Fox as a con man who does get involved with some pretty nasty uh, characters (laughs) And it's it's a fun ride. Like you go along, and there's lots of lots of real life ghosts. Jake Bussey's in it. Jake Busey. Busey. My apologies, Jake. And he's so good in this film as well. I love seeing it, and it's a film I probably need to rewatch again shortly because I feel like it's been ages since I've seen it. But in looking through lists of movies that weren't on the list that I really love, this one stood out, and I couldn't not pick it with my last pick. Okay, fair enough. Yep, good pick. Good pick. Okay, let's just get a little recap of our draft picks here. I've gone with Casino Royale, Hero, Clerks, Shaun of the Dead, Adaptation, Magnolia, Her, Moonlight, Children of Men, and The French Connection. And I've gone with Saw, The Last Samurai, American Psycho, True Lies, Almost Famous, Closer, Animal Kingdom, Dog Day Afternoon, Dumb and Dumber, and The Frighteners. Okay, so we'll put a poll up for this draft about 24 hours after this gets released, everyone, so you can get out there and give us a vote on who you think has the best overall draft year. Do you want to go through a couple of honourable mentions that we didn't put on our list, Dean? Yep, my honourable mentions are, in no particular order, American Pie, Inside Man, Nightcrawler, The Lego Movie, The Winter Soldier, and Phantom Thread. Okay, fair enough. Uh... The one I just missed off the mark was The Hateful Eight. I just thought there was a bit too much Tarantino in the list already, so I left that one off. What Tarantino is in the list? In the top 250. Are I you meant the draft list. No. Uh, if I didn't go with Magnolia, I was going to go with Boogie Nights, but I chose Magnolia instead. What? Same with Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I picked Shaun of the Dead instead of that. Uh, Sing Street, uh, just missed the cut as well. Same with Ex Machina, didn't land on my list. Zero Dark Thirty was close. Same with District Nine. Again, with a great hot fuzz, but I picked Shaun of the Dead over that. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, uh, just missed it. And on the theme of Charlie Kaufman as well, being John Malkovich, just missed the cut too. We did put the question out to you, the audience, as to what you would pick on the list. We did get a reply from the Movie with the Mrs. podcast, who did say Mystic River. Ah, yeah. I used yeah. to love that film. Yeah, me too. It used to be in the top 250, like like about 15 years ago. And I want to watch it back then, loved it, and still do. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Sean Penn, so good. Man. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to do it for today's podcast, this little bonus episode you are listening to. Get out there and vote in the poll when it comes up on Twitter. If you haven't got a Twitter account, make one and vote because you don't want to be missing out on this juicy poll. That sounded very sexual. (laughs) Not by accident. (laughs) Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episode, this week's bonus episode of uh, the top 10 films that aren't in the top 250. Get out there and vote. 
That's it from me. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Yep, that's right. And we'll see you next week for your Jimbo. Your what? <laughs> your what? Your fucking what, mate? <laughs> <laughs>